Welcome back to Inciting Incident. This is a special episode because I am here with my co-host. Philly, what's up? And I'm here with our composer. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Luke. Luke Young. There we go. He's responsible for the amazing sound that you just heard as the episode was starting. So please... Uh, not please, but thank you for being here, man. <laughs> no it's, it's a pleasure to have you. And like, honestly, I think you're going to be a great addition to this episode because we are talking about Werewolf by Night. And mm. Vili, why was this like, because uh, you said something that was like, kind of like justified the fact that Luke being here, like made it like truly special. So what, why don't you explain that to us? Yeah, so Luke is uh, first and foremost a composer and Werewolf by Night is a film made and directed by a composer, which Absolutely. is, he has a very insightful uh, <laughs> insight into that particular yeah. project. I feel like he's going to be able to comment on things that we wouldn't have even picked up. Oh, absolutely. So like, yeah, mm. um, some of you diehard fans are <laughs> probably wondering, <laughs> where is... Alex. Die hard fans. Alex, right <laughs> <Me>. now. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I'm talking to myself later when I listen to this in the shower. But no, no, no. But Alex is sick today. So he's not going to come as a stomach bug. We wish him the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So that's why Alex is not here. Why don't we begin in the same way that we usually do by giving kind of like an overall opinion Mm -hmm. on the film and then we'll jump into like a little bit of a summary. So Luke, since you are our guest, why don't you get us started? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think there's there's something about it that's incredibly unique to the MCU. Um, As I imagine a lot of people would think because that's very much the overall viewing of of the film. Let's call it a film because Mm -hmm. it's basically... It's about 54 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and back then, it's paying homage to the 20s and 30s horror films. So back then, a lot of the films would be maybe an hour, 10 minutes at most. So let's let, let's just call it a film. Because it is, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a... Uh, it's a film experience. I think. Exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. a TV. You don't exactly. watch it as a TV episode. No, it's no, definitely no, no. a film. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It was... Uh, the black and white, the the music that's kind of integrated into it, I think is it's genius. Okay. Not genius, but it's, it's very well uh, executed. Oh, fair enough. So, like, out of ten, what would you give that? Uh, solid eight point five. Eight point five. At least, yeah. decent. Decent. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Vili, do you wanna say something about that? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't too fond of this one. So, <laughs> we got Luke You're all the way to me. down. <laughs> <laughs> we got Luke all the way down here, and then we watched something. I was kind of like meh, but. Uh, no, I'm just. I was just interested that this project exists in the first place because it was announced what two weeks before it was released. By the mm. time of recording of this episode, it's already two months old because it was a Halloween special, right? Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to sort of well first get Pedro's take on that, and after that, ask: Do a lot of compus- uh, a lot of composers have aspirations like this to direct? And why mm. do you think this particular guy? What's his name again? Michael Giacchino. Michael Bianchio. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gugino. <laughs> he made something is it's kind of like a love letter to film more than a film mm, in itself yeah. so mm. there's a lot of clearly i feel like you as a composer kind of have a appreciation for film or certain aspects of film that right, us yeah. as directors necessarily don't yeah. so that's something i really want to delve into but first before that let's get pedro's number in the film yeah i'm uh you didn't give your number what would you give out of uh, 10 <laughs> <laughs> four. Really? Four. Wow. Oh, that's okay. surprising. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think, I think I fall somewhere in between you guys because mm. I appreciate some of the things that you said. Atmospheric wise, yeah, mm. the black and white, the songs that they played, even like some of the props, the 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 music being played from the, 
the recording machine. That, what, what are they the called? The gramophone? Yeah, yeah, the gramophone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the song's being played from that as well uh, with the pairing of the black and white. The songs. The songs as well. Uh, like okay. everything just like, it fit yeah. in a way that it built up this uh, this kind of like uh, like you yeah. said a love letter to the older like the older films yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like I was watching that and I was really like yo this is this is pretty well yeah. like pretty well yeah. made but then we get actually <laughs> but then we actually get down to like the more technical aspects of the film in terms of like acting in terms of plot I think the plot was simple enough that it mm. made it fun. You know what I mean? Like the whole premise of the show, uh, the whole premise of the the film, excuse me, is that um, you have these these hunters in one place mm. and they're fighting over over the bloodstone, which is like the super powerful thing that every hunter wants. And whoever kills this monster first gets it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a very simple premise and it's executed in a way that the simplicity plays to its advantage. You know mm. what I mean? Like we're watching it and we're thinking, that's nice. You know, like it's mm -hmm. easy to follow. So mm -hmm. we really get to focus on the characters. But the problem is the characters were just really fucking boring, bro. Two of them had something to say. The right. rest were all fodder. You know okay. what I mean? They were all yeah. there just to be killed. And between <laughs> the two of them, one of them didn't really have a personality and the other one's personality was kind of annoying. Oh, really? <laughs> so, okay. Like, which which personality? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just justifying the, the score that I'm going to get oh, this. Okay. <laughs> what is it? We, we, we get down to like, when we get down to uh, the climax, there are some good moments which, mm. which we will get into in more detail later. Mm -hmm. But as an overall view, I think this is a five. Okay. Give it a five then. I give it a five. Oh, wow. That's fair enough. That's uh, almost yeah. the same you gave the menu, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah so, so just now now it's free game. You haven't <laughs> been, you haven't been here before, but like okay. now basically we're All going right. to kind of like justify what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you seem to have like a pretty strong opinion I on do. this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. why don't you go more in detail about like the specific things that you right. like to okay. like justify why I'm wrong? Basically. Okay. <laughs> Where you gotta remember is this this is a debut directorial debut you know mm. um and so marco Trichino is is mostly known for writing all of these fantastic scores incredibles uh super eight which is my favorite score of all time the batman no uh, the year. batman exactly yeah uh it's fantastic there's the the world building in itself he has this sort of idea uh he's developed the skills to kind of do this sort of world building type thing mm. and trans you know, translating to screen, I think he's done incredibly well for a directorial debut. And I think, I honestly think that it is probably one of the best things that the MCU has done, um, has, has come out with because it's so new. It's so different. Um, you watch an MCU movie. What's the first thing that comes into your mind? You know, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, see, I see what you mean. You know, it's the it's, predictability of exactly. The plot. It's yeah, incredibly yeah. difficult, uh, different. You know, yeah. and the thing that he does really, really well is um, because he's a composer. He very much kind of melds the two together. Very much so in the fact that uh, it, it's it's obvious in the, in the first couple of frames. You know, with the the, the Marvel kind of introduction, mm. it's very much you know it starts off with the Marvel theme. You know, with the the logo and all that, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like minor. It goes all minor, black and white. You know that the music's going to be an incredibly um, uh, important part of storytelling, yeah. and um, 
Uh, very much so at the very end as well, because uh, it, it ends with, um, what's it called? Uh, Somewhere Over the Wain Rainbow. Um, mm. And it, it it is used as a way of saying, right, this is the MCU that you know. Now I'm going to transfer it into yeah. something completely brand new that you've never seen before. Are you saying like from, from the strengths of a composer, he uses... Absolutely. The, the, he, he, he directs more as a composer which is really interesting to kind of watch and experience. Um, yes, he, he, I believe he does do some quite really interesting direct, directing type things. Like he uses some interesting lenses. Like for example, when he first in, uh, enters the, the kind of the dome of, you know, the, where they sit down and all that. They, yeah. It's almost like a fisheye type thing where you right. can see every single part of the room. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, some really interesting choices. Yes, there are some other things that are quite mundane for mm -hmm. director, you know, directing, but it's his directorial debut. You've got to kind of remember that. Um, and he's just tr almost trying to kind of uh, get to grips of the basics enough. almost, whilst only so, just yeah. slightly uh, pushing into you know, something quite creative. No, fair enough. That, yeah. That's that's a valid point. Uh, Billy, mm. what do you have to say for that? No, I was just going to ask on something that he said. So absolutely, mm. it's true that the composer always has to imagine a different sort of film. I know me and Luke have kind of collaborated yeah. on a couple of projects and every time you come through with like a soundtrack for it, it's like cohesive, but it's something that's clearly like outside of my mind. Like you right. see the project and you see something entirely else. Mm. What you see as a composer, is it visual in the same sense? Like could you... When you compose my film, do you mm. think you could take those sounds and turn those into a visual experience the way that he has done over here? It's more thematical, thematical. than anything else. So yeah. that just automatically leads to there's clearly a lot of thematic influence. In so yeah, well, you basically take uh, your script, you know, and you take all of the most important things of that script mm. that basically derives the story. What makes the story up? You know, uh, it could be grief, like you were saying earlier on. It right. could be any it could be absolutely anything and then you take those themes and then you go right what are the stereotypical connotations of those types of themes like theme like grief would be uh, almost minor and then you go right okay what would be in a creative sense how would you approach that could you maybe defy it maybe um it could be anything, you know, like um, if the character is something else, um, uh, if the character is something else that you, I don't know, you could defy it for a certain perspective of the character in the, you know, in the, um, in the overall film. Um, it's basically just what's the most creative thing that you could do with, mm -hmm. the, with the music. Um, Interesting. Uh, Interesting. According to the thematical, thematical ideas that you come nice. up with okay good shit um, good shit so yeah, yeah no uh-huh no I'm just, if I'm you could interested. so <laughs> you, you essentially you look into the script you look into the story yeah. and you sort of try to mine those influences and right then you sort yeah. of separate what is necessary and what exactly. is not and then yeah you've you got to kill your darlings have yes, you heard of that absolutely. expression you know no, kill, I, well, kill, kill your kill. darlings basically anything that you you might absolutely love something about a script or right. thematically speaking but it might not kind of suit where you're going with with the script the idea of the script right, so yeah. you'll have to just kill it off just 
get rid of it. Yeah, there's yeah, five sure. things that I absolutely loved in the script that we were working on with Luke. Mm. Not a single yeah. one of those is in the final film. And I feel like the <laughs> final film is <laughs> a lot more cohesive, but it's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. But that's what that's where you get like the best script that you come up with is that you know, if if you get rid of everything that doesn't suit the main idea of the story because the whole point of filmmaking is that you have an idea of a story and you execute it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have like some other idea that you really, really love, like an aspect of a film, you know, that right. you really, really love and you, you have that in your film, you don't want to get rid of it, but it doesn't suit the kind of the trajectory of where your film's going to go. Get rid of it. Just cut it out completely. See, it, it so that's a so. very interesting point of view and like it's, it's mm. interesting to get uh, like a different perspective because I think as director especially mm. I don't know I can't speak for Vili but like from my own perspective like mm. I feel like cutting out specific bits that I'm attached to from mm. my script would be so heartbreaking <laughs> man. but like yeah. from the perspective of making it cohesive in terms of score in terms of like mm. uh, like you said the composing aspect of the film like I can see where you're coming from, mm. you know what I mean? To make something that is cohesive. Mm. So talking about the the point of cohesion and you mentioned how, um, you know, how some things have to be taken away from the script. Mm. Um, looking at the end product of Werewolf by Night, mm. do you think that it is a good, concise, cohesive piece? I do. You do? I okay. absolutely do. Right. I think it's it, it, primarily of this script, of this, of this film, uh, he's paying homage to the 20s and 30s and that's what he does i mean for example you see like the little uh, it was filmed in color originally yeah. right and then in post-production they decided creatively to turn it black and white uh and pay homage to the 20s and 30s uh, horror films and then um so, for example, you'd see like the little rim ring marks. I saw that. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, like every so often you'd see that every time it cuts. And obviously, it's it's fake, but it's all you know, it's yeah. authentic, and they've it, done it for a stylistic like a, reason, like kind of how Marvel does Easter eggs for their other films, but <laughs> right, an right, Easter yeah. egg as a yeah. reference yeah, to yeah, the twenties yeah. and thirties, yeah. like a stylistic Easter egg. Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, well put, well put. Yeah. It's a stylistic. There's a couple cool. of those. There's the dolly yeah. push when they finally reveal the yeah. a couple of these things. Yeah. Clearly, oh, that's the shot from Jaws. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very nice. It's pretty cool. In terms of a referential piece that pays homage to the twenties and thirties, and like brings it together as a very atmospheric piece using the score and the cinematography mm. for that, I do agree. That's right. why I don't rate it lower than a five. Right. But I do think there are some very pressing issues with the film that I do want to delve into. Okay. Like one of my least favorite parts about the film was the beginning. When we talk about, um, you know, exposition, showing mm. versus telling, this mm. is a film that suffers a lot from telling instead of showing. We open up with narration and then it's going into the scene mm. and there are telling us more not only through the conversations but also through um you know more narration on top of the characters like sitting and talking mm. and then you have this entire dialogue between the uh, the the daughter elsa and the stepmother when they just mm. you know exposition exposition, yeah, exposition dump for a solid 10 minutes before uh, anything happens. i'll just say before luke speaks i was initially yeah. of this opinion but now i feel like this film is camp in a way that me and Petra are probably not persevering like maybe these are elements that are inherent to the 20s and 30s as well exactly. like the, the sort yeah. of because it's corny but like yeah. people at Marvel they will know not to make it that corny so that just kind of mm. uh, over the last couple of hours have brought me around to the idea that maybe it's not 
or maybe it's purposefully corny. Mm. Maybe it's purposefully over the top. That's fair enough. But something that's purposely corny, it's still corny. You know no, what I mean? But so if, if it's made for a, a, if it's made uh-huh. for a specific audience, because we're not the audience. I'm not too fond of the 20s and 30s. I know Luke has really delved into those in the mm. uh, as of late because he mm. was sharing earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. But there's a lot of films that are like corny. To me, there's a lot of anime that's corny as shit yeah, that you yeah. like to watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I agree with that. But you talked, you made a sp- uh, good point about audience. When we look at like specific projects, like anime, like shit, like musicals and shit, you know mm. what I mean? That has their audience. Mm. But when we're looking at a Marvel project on Disney Plus, it's not a Marvel project on Disney Plus. It's a Halloween special. With what? Very th- this is the th- this but is the it's thing. still on Disney Plus, and it's still a Marvel. That Marvel it is a Marvel project, like, and that's exactly the point yeah. why it exists because if you if you think about it it starts off the whole special starts off with an image of the avengers yeah and they're introducing a completely new aspect of the mcu a horror type thing he's been issued 54 minutes of of runtime hmm. and the quickest the best way that you could do that is by establishing straight out what you know you know, the MCU, you're familiar with the Avengers. That, you know, that's the biggest thing you know of the, the, you know, the MCU. And then all of a sudden, you you kind of, you go like, right, that's that section of the MCU. Right. Now let me introduce you to a completely new part, you know, and this is that. That's fine. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. And like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very good in a storytelling wise, you know, exposition when you're talking about it can typically be quite like, oh, okay, yeah, here we go, you know. That, that's the point that I wanted to get to. Like, mm. that's absolutely fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're taking the MCU in a different direction, mm. exposing it to something completely new. It's kind of like a horror underground type yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't excuse 15 minutes of exposition, like, shove. I like think it right does, honestly. If you're the audience, I disagree, wait, I'll say I keeping yeah. up with the Kardashians, 30 people, 30 million people watch yeah. that shit. I wouldn't watch one right. minute. I'll, I will say, so Pedro, I rated this, I rated this lower than you, so I do agree yeah, with yeah. you. But also, more strongly than with anything we reviewed or talked about thus far, I'll say this was made for a specific audience. This was made for like a cam viewing sort of thing. This was mm. not made because I only saw one commercial of this entire thing. It's not like plastered all over the walls or whatnot. I literally had it once on my Disney Plus. I didn't click on it. Then it just mm. fucking disappeared. People mm. like Luke, seek it out. <laughs> I People like Luke. I'm a weirdo. Fucking <laughs> weird people. <laughs> this is what I was saying though. You said yeah. like 15 minutes. It felt really long. But actually it was only like 30, 40 seconds. No, it no, wasn't. no, it, it, it wasn't. was a, it was a lot a of minutes. Long. It wasn't. They, it they really not. The hallway, if you've like, got 54 minutes yeah. of, of runtime, yeah. it will be about maybe 30, 30 seconds to a minute at most of oh. exposition. You're talking about mm-hmm. like the the section where, you know, the Avengers and it's talking about the... Um, no, not that. No, it bleeds, when, it bleeds into the conversation. Yeah, when the daughter comes in and then she's talking to the stepmother. And oh, I see, the, I see. And she goes around the table and it's like right. 57 kills, 100 oh, kills. Oh, yeah. oh and, I see and, what you mean there. And you know what's kind of more insulting? Like they did this whole thing. But how else would you approach that? No, no, no. Think about it. Like, no, actually, don't think about it. Like, think about it like this. Look, they, okay. they talk about, oh, this guy got 57 kills. Yeah. 37 yeah. kills. Blah, blah, blah. And then they just die in the most generic way possible. It's like, That's true. You know what that, I mean? Like I you, you spent yeah. all this time building them up through exposition, by the mm. way. You're telling me that they're strong warriors, yeah. but then you're showing me the opposite. <laughs> so not only is it telling, it's wasted telling because you're showing me something else. You know what I mean? Mm. So like that really did bring points away, f- in my opinion. 
You know what I mean? I agree. Like, yeah. you, like I, you can I say that it justifies because of the audience, but in my opinion, it was wasted telling, which is mm. the worst kind of telling. Yeah, same thing. I can understand the audience. Also, I'm not the audience. But, but the thing is, though, like, I don't care about those other people. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. No, that's the point for you. Like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, so I've read some of the, um, the World of One Art comics. And Ooh, obviously, he's read shit. the comics. I have read the comics, <laughs> and <laughs> the the whole point of Werewolf by Night is that it, he's the central character. If you've got fifty more, uh, fifty four minutes of runtime, mm. you're going to primarily be focused on him and um, fucking what's her name? Elsa. Elsa yeah. Bloodstone. Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone. Bloodstone. I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> but like all of these secondary characters, if you've got a mat, you know, an hour of runtime, you're going to be like, oh, let's just do what's most important to the script, establishing who these two characters are. Three characters, because we've got Swamp Thing. Uh, not Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing? That's, that's the DC is equivalent. That the, Whoa, we're is going... That, is that what was the monster... That's Ted. Yeah, Ted. Oh, Ted. Theodore. That's, that's right. his Theodore real name. Ted. Theodore. Thing. Yeah. He's not Swamp Thing. It's He's like Swamp Man. It's, it's, it's completely... <laughs> He, he looked like a Lovecraftian type thing with the yeah. tentacles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His design. I, I, I liked his kill. We'll say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I loved she it. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Dope, yeah. But I mean, you could tell the Marvel DC rivalry there because you've got Swamp Thing from DC, which is, you know, like Alan Moore and all, all that fucking brilliant storyline. Yeah. Uh, and then you, I think his name is Swamp Man. I can't remember. Is it really Swamp Man? I think, I think it's, it's Swamp, Swamp Man. Is it Ted? Yeah. No. You clearly say his name's his Ted. Name, his name's Ted, yeah. Theodore, Swamp Man. Theodore the Swamp Man. Um, I can't remember what Swamp Thing is. They're, I think but they're like almost like completely yeah. identical characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, uh, Superman and then in the MCU, uh, or not MCU, he hasn't been announced yet, but in the comics, he's Sentry, mm. um, who's like this evil Superman type character. Oh, can, I, can I say a question who, that who sounds... might uh, be in Thunderbolts, by the way. I'm just not at all hyped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm zero hyped. Anyway, uh, I'm going to ask a question that may sound loaded, but it's right. not meant as loaded. Mm. Do you think there's any percentage of your enjoyment of this film mm -hmm. that's because it was directed by a composer? Or Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's like maybe 54% of it is so, like, so oh, it's directed by a composer. Absolutely. I'm going to love it. <laughs> so, there's, so there's nuance that you see that we maybe don't, which is maybe yeah. like this sort of explicit love of like theme and like a clearly... Uh, uh, right, influenced or whatnot films. So You're racist to compose this. is racist. <laughs> That's basically what you're saying. Wait, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> racist to composers? Yeah, you're, you're, um, you you're know, dis discriminative. No, I'm just saying. I yeah. think composers look at the product in a different way because I look okay. at it as making it as like visually cohesive and narratively mm. cohesive, and you're trying to bring in sounds to make it more cohesive. Right. So I feel like your love. I don't really have, I have a love for like cinema and whatnot, but when mm. I start making a movie, I start from scratch. You go into a palette, mm. essentially I've given you six right. colors and I'll yeah. say, paint me Color a picture with, the, yeah. Yeah, with these six colors. So mm. I feel like, and this is a film, it's very like, it's like very specifically a thing. It's very specifically from the 20s, 30s. It's a horror thing. It's yeah. one of these clunky things, kind of corny, but whatever, mm. because people like that anyway. Mm. So is there like a... Uh, I feel like that's something that you as a composer can like relate to and like see a lot more clearly or appreciate a lot more clearly. I think when you're a kind of a director and a composer, I think you have two thirds of 
a whole idea. Do you know what I mean by that? I have no idea. I- expand because I'm very curious. Yeah. So <laughs> it, essentially, when a director is directing, yeah. I believe it may not be true. I may completely be full of bullshit. I might be right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that when you're just directing, I think you have uh, an I- a certain specific idea of what the film will be. Mm. And when you're a composer, you have another certain specific idea of what the film will be. But when you put those two together, you're doing the directing and the sound. You know, the, yeah. the score. Do, you, do you feel like as the composer, sorry for interrupting mm. you, but do you feel like you're sort of redirecting the movie in a way as well? Because you're... Are you, Absolutely. Are you 100%. Afraid, do you sometimes get like a short and you're like, this is shit, but I'm going to take sound exactly. and I'm going to make Absolutely. it... Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... <no. laughs> kinda, you're like the... Remember the pharaoh, like the pharaohs couldn't speak or yeah. like write in the yeah, ancient yeah, yeah. Egypt. And it was the guy who was writing the things who yeah. was actually the mastermind behind well, it. Well, is that saying that 60% of the film is audio? One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Even our, even in uh, yeah. fucking class, like our teacher mm. tells us to start editing from sound. Yep. Yeah, so like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah no, it makes neither, a massive <laughs> difference. Uh, absolutely, it makes a huge difference. Mm. If you're watching a fantastically shot film and mm. it's absolutely crap audio, you know it could be you know the actual scene design yeah. or like or a Kubrick the score. Type thing, but yeah, if the sound is not good, if it's then. not good, it's gonna you're not going to be as interested in it. Yeah. But if it's like, if it's like, eh, it's, it's well, you know, it's, it's mediocre shot. Um, but the sound, but the sound is up. absolutely yeah. brilliant. You're going to be like, this is a fucking really yeah. good film. See, we, we kind of experienced that when we were making mm. our short films. Like I made the final edit, final cut for my short film mm. and it looked like dog shit, dude. I was yeah, like, yeah. like it's so gonna, hard on yourself. No, no, it's it, 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 yeah. It's like, I was like, this is going to get me yeah. like at most a pass. And then I right. did the sound. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. And speaking of, like, things that are good, things that work, why mm. don't we talk a little bit about, you know, the things that were actually good, in our mm. opinion, when it comes to the film. Because right. especially Vili and I, we spent a lot of time kind mm. of, like, shitting on it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh. So, like, let, let's bring it back to a positive. Okay, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Vili, why don't you get us started? On what was positive about the film. Yeah. Well, I just was very surprised. Like like I said, I'm not even like 2% the audience for this film. Mm. I'm just more interested for this conversation, more interested for the fact that this was directed by a guy who's primarily been known as a composer for the mm. last, what, 35 years probably. Yeah. Mm. And now we have another uh, composer over here. So it's just... <laughs> It's like a different world to kind of dip your toes into. Yeah. Not to sound pretentious, but like literally it's a whole different part of the entire mm. like filmmaking yeah. experience. Yeah. Mm. That, I, I need to say something about that. I think that you have a very, when you're a composer and you're going into directing, you have a very incredibly unique perspective because direct, like I was saying before, directors and film composers have completely different perspectives on what the film will be. Mm. You know, and if you add the two of them together, I think you have more of a uh, well-rounded idea of what the stories will uh, will be. You know, then rather than just like just director or film composer. Would you say it's more of a when you're composing it? Mm. I feel like you, if, if I was writing and directing something, I'm more of the logical side of it, just making mm. sure the pieces work. And I feel like mm. you are the one who brought in the emotion in that because I could not mind that. And I feel like you could. <laughs> the bits that you were doing for the score that we were doing 
you're just like bringing for out birds. You know, yeah, for birds. Right. Yeah. It's not called birds anymore. We're going to go. <laughs> you're going to go with a completely different birds. Yeah. Birds. I was calling it birds. birds. It was a film that we did over summer. And like, <laughs> I, I was worried that it was kind of void of uh, emotion, that it was going to be yeah. clunky mm. and people were going to like watch it and like logically mm. understand it, but not kind of see it. It's not until the score came in. Already before I was starting to understand like the importance of a score, but when Luke was sending me those bits, I was like, God damn, like yeah. this is the sort of thing that sells the thing. It, it's like almost you're seeing, I don't know, say for example, you're seeing like, uh, from my perspective, think about that I'm looking at you guys from my perspective. Okay, so you're sitting there, you're yeah. sitting there. And then I suddenly put on x-ray goggles and I see all of your skeletons and your bones. <gasps> it's almost like that. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> what does that mean though? You see my bones. Well, like, I, I you know, I. Uh, do, you, do you mean you like. Take, it, it's like the man in the um, emerald glasses, you know? The, you see something other than what other people see. Yeah. Like yeah. the emotional side of it. And then you add that to the the project and then it just develops this whole new dimension to the, to the you, story you see kind of like the the raw elements that yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah okay interesting yeah. you're the most and the emotional side of it as well yeah no, literally the emotion you're the most important creative person that comes into it after mm. it's been produced optimally yeah, you'd be a part of it yeah. like uh, you were at the beginning of everything but mm. uh I'm flattered. I hope we get this thing finished. And yeah, we'll shout yeah, it out in the yeah. podcast when it's, it's finally finished. Yeah. You can see more. And then like, we can review it. <laughs> I, we're oh, not going to yeah. do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and have that's a two it's and a half. It's completely <laughs> shit. <laughs> worse than the menu. No. But yeah. um, I did want to say something a little mm. bit about uh, uh, Werewolf. Mm. And um, the fact that something that you said earlier mm. like the fact that it stands out from the rest of the marvel projects is in my opinion one of the biggest strengths of this film mm. because you can definitely see a lot more passion in terms of like the artistic pursuit of the film instead of just like oh let's just fucking put on some cgi mess just because yeah. you know it's gonna make money type yeah. of thing you know what i mean so this film really did feel passionate from the director mm. you know what i mean and um i think one of the best scenes of this film was during the that final like climatic fight and they for the first time in the mcu ever that i can remember they actually showed fucking like blood, blood. gore yeah, yeah, yeah the fucking girl like yeah. gets this guy's head like onto the sword yeah. fucking and the arm chop as well the arm chop yeah, yeah. Properly, like blood splattering on the screen yeah yeah bro. the arrow in the chin arrow in the chin yeah. everything about it stood out in yeah. the most visceral way mm. and i was very happy with it and then Absolutely. obviously you had that one scene where we see the actual werewolf mm. fighting a bunch of different guards mm. and behind them the door is closing and you right. have this like the light is changing while the fight is happening and not only is the the lighting on the on screen getting darker yeah. but the actual fucking fight yeah. itself is getting darker he's ripping their throats this out like is this towards the end when he the werewolf's fighting the TVA? Yeah, when exactly. he's about to die. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. the TVA? It's the TVA. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, it was confirmed, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, they mentioned in Loki, the TV show, that are oh, vampires, werewolves, all that. There's, oh, a, there's a line. There's a single line in it. Oh, I should have And apparently it, it's, it, like, yeah. uh, it's like a really big yeah. thing in the like, MCU. Oh, yeah. shit. No. It's like a really important, important event where they decide who the the big main monster hunter is and mm -hmm. the TVA there to kind of support them. Oh, interesting. Anyway, carry on. But yeah, no, no, no. Like I was, I was about to conclude, like mm. basically the fact that they're not afraid to actually like 
do something that serves the passion of the director mm. instead of like serving how much money can they make from this because of ratings mm. to me was a big positive and it really mm. paid off in that scene because mm. it's probably like one of the best fight scenes in at least in phase four of mm. the mcu you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so one thing I did really appreciate this movie is obviously, again, directed by a composer, but there's mm. not that much music to it. I was expecting, especially the garden scenes at the beginning, that it would be kind of kind of like a music video, like kind of, because you're always, as a composer, you're restricted by the director, by the producer. Right. Like, you can do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. I would assume that after 30 years, this guy would have built like a sort of anger and say, mm. it's my movie, I can do whatever the fuck I want with the music. And then he doesn't like he does at the end he kind of does at the beginning he does the cues he does the gramophone and all mm. that but it's not it's not self-indulgent at all that's what i really appreciated and that's the whole point of why i think it's really good because he's quite clearly thinking of it in a directorial perspective you know he's not letting his whole career that he's built up over 35 years take whole precedent over the whole project which is really really good because that's exactly what you want, you know, in a director, you know, to kind of, he's, he's taking the story and he's saying, right, this is the most important thing. So you're Let's saying, run with that. You're right. saying he killed, you know? his, killed his darlings, right? Exactly. exactly. Killed his darlings. <laughs> We're going to call know? this episode, Killed His Darlings. He, mi he, <laughs> might, yeah, he might as well have like, you know, if he wanted to, he could be like, oh, I'm going to direct this special, <laughs> but the music is going to be the exact, like the main point, you know, right. and say, you know, oh, I'm going to have this. It's like a music video, you know, I'm going to have this, oh, these strings come in and all that. But he's not like that. He's like, what suits the story, you know? And that's what's really, really special about this is because he understands the line between the two and he's able to establish what's the most important thing for the story. Yeah, sure. you know? yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's deep, bro. Yeah. yeah wow. No, is um, uh, it's very inspirational for me because I'm like, you know, like, that's, is that something that you like look yeah, up to? Wow, well, exactly. Way, yeah. Like that's the, the exact type of mentality that I want to be looking at at my own project. I think it almost feels like a uh, consensus, not consensus. What is it, like conscious mm. sort of decision? Absolutely. That he'd say, "I'm I mean, a composer. Yeah. This is what is expected, and I'm going to give you a film with yeah. no music." I mean, some of the most kind of uh, musically interesting parts is where he's trying to build tension, and you know, where they're putting the things in the bowl and they're choosing who goes first into the maze. Yeah. And there's there's just like a uh, in the music territory. There's just like a kind of with the horns yeah. and the, yeah. and things like that. You can hear the monster in the background. Well, yeah, 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 yeah that exactly. Was so good. Yeah, yeah no. uh, especially that shot where it's yeah, like you a can see the bird's eye view and the shadow is. Yeah. That brilliant. was fun. No, yeah. I fucking yeah. love that. Some of the shots in the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. one especially because you're always directing a horror film. And you're kind of <laughs> like, wouldn't it be so much scarier to just put the monster in a tiny corridor in the back of the room mm. in like the first scene? Because yeah. uh, I'm not going to delve too much. There's one Rennie Harleen film where he does that exact thing. Like it's uh -huh. like a snow monster, and you can. If you pause the film, you can see the snow oh, monster like cool. four different times. It's well, it's fun. like the descent as well. It's, it, with, with yeah, the, with the descent, you can yeah. see the monster. It's so yeah. creepy as it's well. It's really creepy. It yeah. makes you feel like you're never safe. Yeah, have you seen the descent? Shit. No, I haven't seen oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's good. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like it's about cave people. Who yeah. See, like I know what it's about. Like I've seen like like reviews on it. Yeah, yeah. And you get these like really big 
long shots like randomly at the beginning of the film when they're going into the cage and it's all it's all red because they've got red yeah the fire lights mm. uh, and then you'd see like the very very like left bottom left hand corner like a movement yeah in the cave and then late only later on when you realize there's monsters in the cave you're like yeah it's not kind of like in the werewolf by night mm. it's not on the foreground it's not made to draw your attention yeah. to it it's only when you come back like the fourth time you start yeah. seeing that shit yeah. and it just adds so much atmosphere yeah. to it absolutely yeah. This is also yeah, like the so third time justice. that we're shouting out the descent in this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about it's the descent <laughs> in the barbarian episode in yeah. the yeah. fucking Black Panther episode. Um, probably not. Maybe it's the second time. But I just yeah. feel like we're always talking about the descent. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, a very yeah. fucking good movie. It's a good go-to for examples. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, one of the things that I I want to bring it back. Mm. To a little bit of conflict between us. Okay. I said that I disliked Ooh. the characters, but you said that you liked the characters. I love the characters. Can you give me some justification? Please? So basically, just um, <laughs> defend yourself. Dude. The the main character, who's um, obviously the werewolf by night, you know, say, you know. <gasps> uh, <gasps> no, <laughs> really. Wait, this is about <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> um, he's he's very kind of he's represented as very. A misunderstood character, which is very appropriate, um, a kind of uh, conversion from the comics to the the mm. you know to like the screen. The screen. Yeah. Um, Michael Giacchino famously said to Kevin Feige that he wanted to do something really like weird and out there, like nothing you've really heard before. And he was like, "Werewolf by Night." And then Kevin Feige was like, "Oh, you want to do Werewolf by Night? Okay, we'll, we'll see where, where that goes." Um, and um, yeah, and. He, the, the werewolf character is very faithful to the comics where he's a very misunderstood character where everyone just thinks he's a monster or they want to cure him or, you know, something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and they translated that very, very well to the screen where obviously he's in disguise as a monster hunter and um, misunderstood in the way that they all have this discriminative opinion about how he's just a monster you know and they have this idea that they're oh they're being um uh, what's the word um uh merciful towards him and and, and you know turning him into a monster and then killing him um and it, it's not about that at all it's it's really that he's simply just trying to save a friend mm. you know yeah. And it is, it's very personal in that sense. And I think they've tra translated that incredibly well from comic book to screen. No, oh, I think um, it's a, Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, and uh, the Bloodstone, the woman uh, yeah, hunter. Yeah, Bloodstone. I think... <laughs> Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, I think her, character, <laughs> her character's <laughs> incredibly... Um, it's somewhat faithful. I, I'd say that they haven't really had much exploration into her character as much yet, mm -hmm. but considering that this is werewolf by night special, that's expected, you know, yeah. they've got plenty of other kind of uh, projects to kind of explore her character on. But that's the only reason why I think that the, that's his characters, especially Swamp yeah. Man as well. I think the, <laughs> the rapport they, <laughs> the rapport that they have between each other, the kind of like the guy kind yeah. of, uh, yeah. the, the banter they have between them, I think is really, really well done. And they had that in the comics and uh, I think, yeah, it's pretty well translated and that's about it really. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I think Billy this is the, that. not just in terms of length, I feel like this is one of the trickiest types of movies mm. to make because in a feature length, 
So you get the time to take your character to a really low point, but then you also need the time, mm. the third act, to bring them back up to a high point. You need 30 minutes for that, right? Yeah. All right, TV, you can do that in over a season, even like a, a series TV with 24 episodes, you can do that over a season. Mm. This one, oh, even a short film, 15 minutes, you have time to do that because that's like your entire focus. But this one is 50 minutes, so it's not enough time to tell a cohesive story. And it's also not enough time to delve into a really like life or death sort of conflict like that. So they have to mm. kind of show like a snippet of this guy's personality. Yeah. I feel like for snapshot. that reason, yeah, yeah, a snapshot is a mm. good word for it. I feel like for that reason, I can appreciate, I still don't like the film, but I do appreciate the fact that he sort of managed to pick a dude with like a very active conflict and mm. he had just the right amount of time to examine mm. that conflict without like giving you like a decisive truth about who mm. he is or whatnot and now he's free to appear in a later thing if he wants to but he doesn't have to if, yeah. you, if you think about it if he had not have succeeded michael chicino if he had not have succeeded in portraying the, the right kind of special you know yeah. the, the characters or the storyline everything in, in that 54 minute special it would be absolute dog shit yeah. And you'd be saying like, oh, it's the worst thing MCU has ever produced, ever. I'm still you know? saying that, but yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. But, was, we don't want to be this hard. You know, no. But I think that's why the Marvel presentations, I think, are doing quite well because they're, they're kind of, they're quite nostalgic in the way that, you know, they go back to the 1940s, 50s, where right. you, they feel like a whole film in yeah. like an hour. Nostalgia yeah. is a very good. Uh, it's really, yeah. really good. Like the new yeah. um, James Gunn um, holiday special. Holiday like special. Of the that's yeah, really good. That that's very emotional. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. also with one division, what they're doing, shooting it in front of a live studio. Yeah, shit like absolutely. That. They're, they're, they're the, quite the sitcom type yeah. format. I saw someone on yeah. Twitter yeah. say that they should just do all the low performing indie movies and say it's like a Marvel special, kind of like <laughs> right. re release the Northman, but say it's Thor's dad's origin story. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so like, yeah. let's just have Nick Fury yeah. show up at the end for two <laughs> Yeah, as a post credit scene. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to present this to Pedro first, just because me and Luke have been talking quite a bit. But mm. yeah, obviously this guy is a composer. Obviously the budget for this thing is 15 20 million yeah what do you think the leverage this guy has like how, how did he get <laughs> kevin feige to give him the keys to that and why him why not any of the other composers oh bro that's a that's a good question you said he did uh, he said he did incredibles right he did mm. incredibles and he did did he do avengers or did someone else do it um no uh alan silvestri did avengers mm. that is absolutely he did he did all of the spider-man films oh yeah, there we go that's like i good. think he he has a he already has a tie-in with disney through pixar's mm. um incredibles mm. also has a tie-in to marvel uh through, through spider-man yeah mm. so i think that's that kind of like justifies why i think marvel right now is at a stage where we see the volume of product uh, of yeah, products that they're <laughs> that they're putting out. Volume, <laughs> volume, nah, emphasis on volume. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that's that's the name of the game now. Because if you mm. look at the, like the the press announcements for like all the projects yeah. back in like phase two, it was like yeah. two a year. Now it's yeah, like what yeah. sixteen a year, something yeah, like three that. Movies, Ridiculous. Seven yeah, it's, TV it's, shows it's it's insane. So like, I think uh, right now, especially after Endgame, they're at a stage where they kind of have to like throw shit at the wall, see what <laughs> sticks. I, and I'm serious about that. Yeah. Like, no, I, they're trying to I like agree, find yeah. what characters work, what storyline works, and what direction they can take it in. Yeah. So I think by giving a lot of different creative people with different perspectives, like the opportunity to create something unique mm -hmm. in the same way that this composer has created uh, this project, they can kind of see what the audience is going to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like uh, justifying why they 
you know, why they gave him I actually this, think uh, that's a very interesting perspective into it. I would definitely, yeah. Phase 4 is Marvel's fuck around and find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase 4, they, they just got off an insane high, mm. something that they're probably not going to be able to match, and they're desperately kind of, kind of like asking themselves, yeah. how the fuck are we going to match this? I think you know as well I mean? it's a pivot of audience as well, because yeah. over the last, what, 20 years, they've developed an audience, you know, they've captured an audience, they've grown up with them to maybe, I mean, our age, end game our was entire like, generation we our generation was yeah. our age yeah. and now phase four they're kind of pivoting to a younger audience so like for example miss marvel um shang chi sh yeah kind of like newer heroes at yeah, least. yeah 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 spider-man well she hulk yeah, yeah. she hulk yeah, yeah all of that they're pivoting to a, um, a younger audience i do respect which that. is quite clear yeah so like that's that's my take on that mm. um <laughs> i think uh, i think we we kind of like uh address everything there is to address about the film. So one thing that we do, like before we end every episode, is mm. just give closing remarks. Right. Tell us like, yeah. if you could leave the audience with one thing mm. about the film, like one statement, what right. would it be? Okay. If you like 1920s, 30s horror, you know, like the u the old Universal monster movies, you're going to love this. You. Yeah, all <laughs> <laughs> You're going to absolutely love this, yeah. uh, but in an MCU perspective. Uh, that's all I'll say. What if you're a composer? Will you still love it? Um, no. Why? Wow. But you do love it, so why? I love it because I'm also interested uh, interested in filmmaking. Would you say it's more like your filmmaking audience perspective rather than your composer perspective that enjoys this film? Filmmaking. Wow. Yeah. But every composer is Absolutely. by default a filmmaker. There's no composers uh, who don't touch a film. Yeah, there's a gray area there. <laughs> there's a gray area. <laughs> there is a bigger gray area. <laughs> what do they compose for if not film? Orchestras. Um, wow, yeah, orchestras, um, yeah. big uh, symphonies, um, a lot of, you know, for example, like Beethoven or Mozart. I think you they underestimate all, how, they all had, how needed yeah, composers. They are. they had their own stories and their own symphonies. Um, uh, a lot of, um, uh, oh, I don't know, if, uh, Baroque, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, all, no, all of that kind of stuff. You, you know, uh, lots of opera nice. and pro programmatic. Uh, music Even was like basically plays and shit like yeah and where it was all it was all based on this whole uh almost like a film idea that all of the old operas were like you know the modern day movies where you'd go to an opera and watch this yeah. story play out with all the music and the music would be composed by a person and then um that's kind of good. That's a very good pitch for yeah. operas. I actually yeah. want to go now for the first time. It's in very my good. Life. Like yeah, a lot of the ring cycle was very good. The podcast, the opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, uh, check out the ring cycle. The ring cycle is based on Nordic mythology, which is very really. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Represent. It's it's yeah. basically um, like a retelling of uh, Lord of the Rings. Basically, Lord oh, of the Rings really? got all most of their ideas from the ring cycle. Of Hence course. why it's all from Finland, bro. You heard it here yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, well, incident. Yeah. Why don't you give us your closing statements, Billy? Uh, no, I'm just obviously not the. Uh, I'm just not the audience for this film. But I'm very, very happy that we finally got Luke on the podcast. <laughs> We've been chatting about this since before there was a podcast. Uh, yeah. Amazing theme. Thank yeah. you very much for composing that one. No Thank worries. you for all the great music work. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna start my closing statements the same way that you finished yours thank you for coming on like your perspective <laughs> was very fresh no it was like a, it was a very good addition to the yeah. to the podcast um in terms of like my closing statements 
even though my opinion was overall negative, I do think there is so much value that you can take from Shame this film. On you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, especially if you are a Marvel fan who is yeah. kind of tired of the typical Marvel formula, there is something here for you. Yeah. Watch it. There's some yeah. great scenes mm. and watch it with like an open mind. Just mm. enjoy it. It's a good thing for just blind enjoyment. So thank you guys for being here today and thank you for watching. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.